Hey everyone, Eric Watson here, and this is the recorded audio of a DM-only live stream in which I prepare for our next live session and chat with fans twice a week at my Rogue Watson YouTube channel. Please note that these streams are full of DM spoilers. This was not originally intended for an audio-only format, but has been converted to a podcast for your convenience. The channel and by extension this podcast are supported by Patreon. If you'd like to support my work, you can do so at patreon.com slash roguewatson. Enjoy the show. player of games, Road of Origin, recorded videos, and at tabletop role-playing aficionado. Welcome to the Monday edition by bi-weekly behind-the-scenes DM-only livestream, Rafting Icewind Dale, in which I build, write, and prepare for our next session of Rhyme of the Frost Maiden. We're playing characters of all Robin, Frey, Celeste, Edmund, or Thimbleweed. Go away! Not meant for you, but for the rest of you, welcome. Hope you enjoy spoilers. We stream our D&D sessions live on YouTube every Friday. Watch all of our D&D sessions and reviews here on YouTube. You can follow me on Twitter at Rogue Watson and join our official Discord server with invite link in the description below. If you'd like to support the channel, please check out patreon.com slash Rogue Watson. For our campaign, we use Roll20.net and for streaming, I use Open Broadcaster software with Streamlabs. It is currently uh, thunderstorming in my neck of the woods here in the North Texas region. So if I am disconnected suddenly, uh, assume that I have lost power. I don't think, hoping that's not going to happen because I well, I don't know. We just got hit with a bad one, and then I think there's another one coming. They canceled my poor uh, oldest child's uh, last softball game of the season. was supposed to be tonight, so we did obviously not do that. Which her playoffs were also supposed to be this week, so that's going to fuck everything up. So that's going to be a whole lot of fun to have to deal with. Uh, because we had a lot of stuff planned for this weekend. I'm sure things are going to run over to that. But yeah, if I get disconnected, that is why it is... The season of storms, Texas is really trying to just hold on to that hot weather as best it can. We hit 90 degrees just a couple days ago, and like fall is just coming with a vengeance, just swinging its sword, and it is just causing all kinds of chaos outside. Our poor Halloween decorations, y'all. Ah, we had nice decorations. (laughs) We haven't been able to put them up. We've got, you know, the the blow-up guys, the cute ghosts and we've got this old uh little wooden house thing that i built when i was in cub scouts that i still have and put out for uh halloween decorations we've got all the spider webs and so much that is just torn up and toast and destroyed now and you know what happens every year we get at least like one bad storm in october that usually really rips things up but this one uh has been really bad we also had really bad wind for the last couple days too like violent wind where we couldn't even turn our our inflatable ghost guys not inflatable you know what they are there's the it's like they're I don't know it's that material nylon mesh material and then it's got a little thing in there that kind of blows it up like the like those you know, waving tube guys but we haven't had been able to turn those on the last couple of days it's sad it's sad I wanna I like Halloween I like decorating I get all into it and it is a bummer when the weather does not cooperate get a freeze warning here my goodness. I mean, we've had we've had some freezes here in Texas, but certainly not in October. Actually, you know what? We had, 
I take that back. We hit like 33 degrees. It's been fucking, October's always crazy. We hit, this is just me bitching about Texas weather now. We hit 33 degrees and we had to panic because we've got a garden outside. So we had to get all our, our blankets and everything and try to cover up our pepper plants and all these other things just because it was going to hit uh, that low and we were worried. And of course, like two days later, it got up to like 90 degrees again. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's so annoying. It's so annoying. And Hall trick or treat especially is a complete crapshoot. I have had years where I've been out uh, in, I, I swear to goodness, 80 degrees you know, at nine o'clock or nine or 10 at night walking around. And I have had Halloweens where we've been walking around at 40 degrees and windy. Like you just don't ever know what the hell the weather's going to be in October. Usually it's not that cold, but sometimes it's been kind of crazy. Usually we have pretty nice mild falls, but when the, like I said, when the warm and the cold meet together, it is not a, uh, it's not a peaceful summit meeting, nor will it be for Grim Scala. As I segue into actually talking about D&D tonight, uh, we are going to be uh, still doing the crafting stream tonight, even though, uh, as I guess I haven't, well, I, I, I we announced this last week, I guess, for the show, but I'm not doing Rhyme of the Frostmaiden this Friday. We are going to be doing a Halloween one-shot DM'd by Chris, So, uh, but I, I'm still doing my normal crafting streams uh, this week because uh, notice how I won't be doing the uh, crafting stream next Monday because it will literally be Halloween and I will be out uh, either trick-or-treating or handing out candy. I think it's actually my year to hand out candy this year. So uh, there will be no Monday Halloween crafting stream. You'll have to do it without. All right, Grim Scala is... We have a map, which is nice. It is a 10-foot map, which is not nice, but it's a dungeon designed for giants, so I get it. I love when they give me these. In fact, do I have art of this somewhere that I can use under Grim Scala? I'd love to be able to show my players that kind of art. I don't think I do. Or is it under, maybe it's under Arl's Abode. Oh, there we go. We can just use this art right here. Yeah. Player's Art Grim Scala. That's awesome. Okay, that works. That works, that works, that works. Welcome to Castle Grayskull. Alright, so let's remind up this. Make sure I write down, use the player art handout from Arl's Abode. When they're arriving, at least. And then we gotta talk about what we actually wanna use for a level 11 version of Grim Scala, which is what we're coming up to. First of all, I'm gonna take a look at where my players are. So they're, they mentioned they're gonna short rest. They did have the two uh, combat fights, and even though they kind of kicked my butt on the druid fight, I feel like they both used a lot of resources. Uh, Celeste almost went down, if not for Relentless Endurance. She'll be spending some serious... By the time they finish this second short rest, they will have, I think, collectively expended most of their hit dice, which makes me feel pretty good, because in the last two areas they've had, uh, they have not even short rested. So I, I feel like this one is actually getting paced a lot better. That being said, in other words, I don't think they're going to even want to short rest in Grim Scala. So we need to try to balance it for that. So you've got, you'll get your key points back. Okay. Uh, I mainly need to look at spell slots for the spellcasters, I guess. That's usually a good way. Judge how everybody's doing. Same thing there, you'll be spending some hit dice. 
Artificer still has most of his spell slots, actually. All three of his third levels. Most of his first and two of the second. Alright. So we got quite a few. He's done a good job of that. Frey, I think, should have two rages left. Yeah, two rages left. Seems pretty good. Um, she'll also be spending most of her hit dice to heal up here. The Thimbleweed. Also, look at that. Look at that. They've already spent so many. That first short rest, man, I was impressed. So I guess that was the fight after the uh, the boat. Well, it was after the Nautiloid, too, which really that counted. That also counted as an encounter. Um, after their uh, crash and then survival by the dragon. That was most of his spell slots, but he's a ranger. He's not really casting a lot of these spells. Well, Robin, you're probably the best indicator. How many spell slots do you have left, my friend? No, you've spent a bunch. Okay. He's used all of his first level spell slots in one of all the others, except he still has all of his third levels. So, I'm still feeling pretty... Oh, he's a six level spell slot. Jesus, I just realized that. I'm still feeling pretty good. So, they've got plenty of... After they short rest, they have plenty of material, so I can really run them through the ringer here and drain them pretty well for Grim Scala. But they also probably aren't going to short rest during Grimscala because there's almost no point if they've already gone through most of their hit dice and only I think the monk would benefit in terms of getting resources back. So, based on that, what can we do with Grimscala? I was still liking the idea, although I don't know if I want to do it now, of throwing the skeleton... Oh yeah, we got to change our thing. Did we ever decide on which token we liked? I think we liked the right one better. <laughs> I used that token art from... Oh yeah, we're building those stat blocks too. Now it's all coming back to me. Um, I was gonna make some custom frost giant skeletons, maybe some better stat blocks, because I want to actually give them different weapons of the anchors, but couldn't decide what I wanted to do with them. Yeah, I've got the, the reach of 30 feet, but that really doesn't matter. Maybe it could just be a something where it knocks them prone. Um, in fact, I could still give them a good reach, but just say, hey, if it hits you... You have to succeed on a strength save or you're knocked prone. Here's a question. If it's a melee attack with reach, I guess that still fucks it. Because I'm trying to think now. Knocking them prone, would that actually... That's actually disadvantage at range, isn't it? Might not be the best strategy. Attack rolls against you have advantage, attacks within 5 feet, otherwise the attack rolls disadvantage. Yeah, so using a ranged attack to knock people prone is weirdly not actually advantageous for me. Hmm. We'll think on that one. Um, as written, there is nothing on this first level, which I've started filling out a little bit with uh, Gabriel Picard's Vile Tiles. Uh, what is it called? Vile Tiles Frozen Decor. Which has a lot of little frozen pieces in here. Because there's like, it's an empty uh, storage room. It's an empty kitchen. It's an empty dining hall. Not a ranged attack. I, that's what I'm thinking, but I, it doesn't say ranged attack. Or melee attack. Um, Jason, I'm looking at the actual prone condition. It just says attack rolls. Against you have advantage if the attacker is within five feet of you. Otherwise, the attack roll has disadvantage. It actually doesn't say if it's melee or range. It specifically says the distance they are from you. 
is why I'm thinking that may, maybe the ranged prone thing might not actually help me in that case. The one interesting thing going on I exit out of on this whole first level is one that I'm not sure I'm going to even use, which is this elderly frost giant who is the NPC who can kind of explain what's going on in here. Um, in my version of Grimscala, however, I've got some major villains in here, which I will probably replace the walrus with, the ice skating walrus who talks. Um, and that would be a good location to replace them with because then they can explain about how the players can get these trials done, and then in return they'll give, you know, return Boleyn's body and whatnot. I need to put them on the map, and I need to actually design stat blocks for them, which I have been putting off because I'm not sure what I want to do with either of them and make that a somewhat interesting fight, maybe. But then I need to realize how have they gotten in here, which means none of the defenses have triggered using some kind of spell um, where... Clearly, and I kind of teased that in the last session, Oral cannot detect that the one person she's been finding and trying to, you know, punish, essentially, is here. Like, right in her own lair. I was thinking that maybe they can use that, I can use that as a story excuse for like, hey, you don't want to fight uh, these villains just yet, because Ness Lantamere is actually currently like concentrating on a spell that's rendering them like invisible scrying wise you know she's avoiding the eye of sauron basically by doing that however she's still able to communicate with the players and their whole goal is because they need to get the codicil of white and get out of here without disturbing um uh, calling attention to oral at all maybe i can even get away with them escaping and then, and then if they do that, then Aurel notices the players, and then the players have to deal with Aurel's wrath, and then they have to chase after villains again. It all works out well, if not for those pesky players getting in the way of my plans. <laughs> ideally, ideally, we can turn them into a social encounter and not a combat encounter. That would be the ideal situation. What is going on up here at G7? These are icicle things. Alright, so as I mentioned, there's nothing really going on up here except for this old frost giant who can kind of talk to the players and tell them some things, although a lot of what I'm doing here is going to be different. The one thing he can talk about, I guess, is confirming the codicil of white. I guess the theory being that he also didn't notice, like, maybe he, so he, maybe he's not aware of Gaunt and Lantamere here, which is also kind of goofy. I get that it's also an interesting way of uh, turning a frost giant into kind of a mini boss for level seven players because he's supposed to be elderly and literally has all these uh, penalties to his stat block. My players obviously can easily take down a solo frost giant. So if I do include this character is like purely for RP purposes, if I even want to use this character. And right now there's was there a bunch of ice mevits who don't even attack. Uh, right here going down. Maybe I should have something. Um, maybe I could use the snow golems there. Have a bunch of the snowman statues rise up and attack the defense. There was more interesting things to there's exploration wise. There's really not much going on here. I'm really disappointed. I, literally, it's an empty guard room. Nothing in the room is salvageable. Um, and then in G4, it's an empty kitchen. G5, it's an empty feasting hall. There's just nothing in any of these rooms. The one thing there is is there's that 
old frost giant here who is sitting on a mountain of treasure. Uh, over a thousand gold, giant rings, just basically random treasure, and an alchemy jug, which see the players are well beyond that. Ooh, that's a good one, if the players agree to it. Frost giant fight a one-on-one -on -one honorable fight. I mean, that's <laughs> if the players agree to it, then uh, that could be interesting. What is his whole thing? Is he just wants to fight? Death Mean at last. Urtgard is the last survivor member of Vasavikin's clan, which is the original. I like the idea that he's the last remaining frost giant because this was originally an entire fortress layer of frost giants and was literally just taken over by Aurelites and Aurel. I kind of haven't. I've teased the fact that it's a temple for Aurel, not necessarily her lair, if that makes sense, because I don't see a deity necessarily needing a lair, even though that is how it's written here. But I think that's interesting that he's kind of the last one. Uh, still here, which maybe he'd be able to tell them about the fact that, because I think the other treasure is that the frost giant uh, queen or chieftain or whatever is actually buried here. Yeah, let's skip ahead. So we've got ice methods. Uh, maybe we can do something different here. Honestly, I could use gargoyles and just flavor them like ice methods. What is a giant CR? Does anybody have that on the top of my head? I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess you are a CR seven eight. Let's say let's say eight. Eight! Ah nailed it. Fucking nailed it. Maybe we could do something here where it's a bunch of and and snow golems would just rise out of the ground and attack, but we could do something more interesting like gargoyles with cold powers or something. Any, I mean, I could use any kind of snow creatures or any kind of undead in this dungeon, although I have also used a lot of those things so far in the uh, Island of Solstice itself. So they have a choice here to either go upstairs or downstairs, and there's no clue about which way to actually go, other than if I keep the giant here, the giant can tell them. Uh... Oh, well, we also want to talk about G. So the entrance, I was going to put a bunch of skeletons out here. I might want to actually wait on combat just because they've gone through. I mean, last session was a lot of combat. And then they're short resting and now they're about to climb up to the very last, you know, levels of this dungeon. Then I'm going to throw another combat encounter at them. It feels a little bit um, viciously paced. I was thinking, mm, vicious paced. <laughs> There's a thing that mentions the fact that there's the description uh, that the door is dragon skulls and bones embedded in them. Maybe I could make this more of a hazard trap so that when they're walking along, maybe there's a bunch of skulls and bones embedded in the doors belong to several young white dragons. Maybe they can open their mouths and just spew a bunch of frost cold breath and cause the players to... Um, have to make that save, or I, I could put that anywhere, really. Just dragon skulls lining the hallway. I feel like that's a classic RPG trap right there. You you look at a hallway. Anytime you see a hallway with things lining both sides, you should think trap. But especially if they're fucking skulls in some way. I like the idea of just mounted dragon skulls. And then when the players... You know, I just kind of mentioned that offhand. And then as they walk by, the dragon skulls light up. And they can do their, their frost breath attack. And I can probably... 
use not like an ancient dragon, but oh, something. Let's see. Either a young or adult, depending on how many I want to use. Yeah, there's a different kind of frost giant stat block. The everlasting one. Like I looked at this before. It's not called frost dragon, is it? It's a white dragon. What does an adult white dragon's breath look like these days? Wood cone. Each creature needs to make a DC 19 con save. Wow, just for an adult. Taking 54 cold down. Okay, that might be a little bit much for a trap. <laughs> now that I think about it, what is a young white dragon then? As an adult, was that strong? 30 foot cone. Each creature managed to make a DC 15 con save, taking at 10d8 cold damage and a fail save. Okay, that sounds more like a trap hazard. And you could actually sprinkle those. Throughout. I wonder what would trigger that. Anybody who's not um, an Auralite or a Frost Giant would trigger it. Maybe anybody who doesn't have Bold Resistance or Immunity. That's probably something that would be detecting uh, in terms of detecting enemies. The Urge Guard is kind of pissed. Oral has taken his former queen's fortress for her own. Willing for information in exchange for an honorable death. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, it's weird that he's just chilling in his own room. <laughs> like the, I guess the players would open the room and check it out. It's it's a fun character idea. The old dude willing to die, and he's like the last of his kind in here, and he's not allied at all with the actual... Um, like owners of the dungeon now, but he's still here because he's just looking for an excuse to die. I'm just looking at the stat block to see if I can use a beefed up version. Extra heads, that's not gonna work. Regeneration. I can enter a rage. Oh, that's fun. You can just have a giant enter a rage. Wow. Plus four bonus to the damage roll. Resistance to bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing damage. Well, that's a pretty big deal. If he suddenly has resistance to those attacks. Woof. Oh my god. It's 189 hit points, too. Whoa. Okay, that might be going overboard. For an old man. That is a... That CR8 creature is blind, though. Well, that version is. Mine certainly won't be. And that's that's why... Um, that, that's why that stat block has been so penalized and reduced because this is designed for level 7 players. So that's the way they can kind of all take on a Frost Giant. Although, frankly, I think a, a party of level 7s, especially if you're in the room with a Frost Giant, like, it, it can't, it's not going to use its rock attacks or anything or have anybody else with it. Like, just action economy alone, like, you're going to win that fight. I like the idea of him, I definitely won't give him any of the penalties because he has he's walking speed of 20 feet he's deaf he's deaf, so that's alright, can't see farther than 20 feet and can't take reactions so at least 10 feet in the room before he notices them <laughs> well RP wise, I will keep him to be an old man, but mechanic wise 
I don't think I'm going to include any of those because that would just be too devastating. What they'd probably like to do is just convince him, like, hey, you know, ally with us and help us take down, uh, you know, some foes here. Sure, they would try to use their silver tongue. Which, maybe that makes things interesting. But maybe he's got some, some sort of a geas on him that he's that he can't, uh, you know, raise a hand against the Frost Maiden or something. Be an interesting quirk to that. All right, so I like the idea of using a young white dragon cold breath as a trap with a with this with mounted skulls. Basically, I could pull that. I could I could sprinkle those throughout and use little like art pieces to denote that. Um, I could put one at the, just the door, the entrance to the door. Maybe I put maybe put one above the door. That way, it's you know just kind of a descriptive thing, and then the players won't think twice about it when they open the door, and then I can unleash that. Uh, assuming it's somebody without cold resistance. The only reason I would like to use a battle here is because I do think it would be kind of interesting. I had two heads and one was blind. <laughs> um, to use this small cliffside map because I always think that forcing the players into uh, tricky environmental positions just makes fights more interesting. I don't think it ever mentions how high up this actually is. Uh, where Grimskull is actually located relative to the ground. I don't... I mean, it's a 600-foot-tall mountain. Cliff certainly looks... Imp There's no, like, uh, legend on here, though. I guess it's kind of for Tells you how far any of this stuff is. One square equals five feet, and this is to scale. That's the case. Say how tall... Each level is giant sized. Door is 25 feet high, 8 foot wide. This door is not 25 feet high in this picture, 10 feet high. Maybe we need to double the distance here. So let's say it's a 50, 60 foot drop. Ceilings are 30 feet high. So that means the entry level, house level, and battlement level. So we've got 30 feet. Whole thing's like 100 feet tall once you get to the entrance. So what do we think about me throwing a fight out here? Is it just too much fighting and we should let them get in here first, let them explore around a bit? Or do we want to kick things off with um, with a battle right outside of the Grimmscala? I like, it seems fun to be able to fight them with a cliff right here, and yet, cadence-wise, I think with all the fighting we've done, it would make more sense to uh, just have the entrance door be trapped with that dragon skull that does the cold breath anybody near the area I can go ahead and even put them on this map and then let them go in and just start exploring from there 
there anything else going on in this stupid weird room? This is one of those rooms where it just describes the creature. He's on a stool. That small room with all the treasure inside. Um, I don't know what to do with you, Urtgard. I like the idea of you. I have a feeling the player is going to try to convince you to ally with them. And he would not want to... Maybe he can't. The trap knocked him off. Um, maybe. It's not necessarily what the Dragon Breath is designed to do, but I don't have to copy that exactly. It could, uh, could combine the wing buffet, right? Isn't that the one that knocks them around? But yeah, Young doesn't have legendaries. Oh yeah, the trials. We gotta talk about the trials. I like the idea behind the trials, but I'm probably gonna shake them up a bit. Because I think aren't all the trials mostly RP based? Oh, it's be knocked prone, not be buffeted back. It's amazing how knockback abilities don't seem that great on paper, but then when you play a couple of games of D&D &D and you're like, man, the ability to... Like the, the one Eldritch Blast, um, what is an invocation that can add a like 10-foot knockback to that laser blast is so freaking fun to be able to knock people around. I would argue there's plenty of RP opportunities in here. I mean, Earth Guard is a great RP opportunity, and then you've got... Uh, the walrus, but I'm going to change the walrus to replace that with the villains and that's going to be a huge RP opportunity and then Aural is going to be a big RP opportunity as well uh, after they possibly fight her. So let's go... Oh, one is combat, okay. I have to scale that stuff anyway. Alright, purchased methods so we can keep this as a combat where I'll obviously replace the methods with something better. All right, so throne room. So this is if you go upstairs, right? Up to G7. Okay. If you choose, so you can choose to go downstairs or upstairs. And if I keep the old frost giant here, he'll be able to explain kind of the general layout of the area. And maybe he'll want to fight first, and then after they exchange a few blows, then he'll uh, maybe talk to him, but... Ultimately, he also wants to die, so. All right, so they go upstairs, then it's the throne room. Let's see. Walls transformed, icicles cling to the walls, and creatures are more piercers. They use the ice piercer stat block. Which, that's a cool idea. I don't think I've ever actually used piercers before. Such a bullshit creature. Literally just does its like one sexy attack. In fact, I think once it drops, it can't do anything else, right? It moves at a five feet pace. Bitch. Piercers with ropers. Ooh. That's interesting. Ropers I have used. Although pier piercers seem like they're mostly like a tr more like a trap than a combat encounter, right? Because you get their one attack off, which I would need to... God, plus three is really bad. Like, I feel like you should literally 
like almost not even use initiative here. Like literally just treat this as a trap that happens because once these things drop, they don't do anything else. Can't like normally attack. They can only move five feet. They're just gonna die. So there's no point in use. Am I wrong? Like there's no point in having these thing happen in combat versus just getting that one attack off. Yeah. It's a cool attack. I mean, you get uh, 3d6 piercing and 3d6 cold if it hits. Yeah, ropers are definitely fun for sure. But I like piercers because you don't, it's, it's, I don't think you can use, you don't have to use them as a combat encounter. I think I would use this as a, as a trap encounter. Piercers as a trap, and I would up their attack to at least a plus five. It would just randomly, I could do like, I don't know. Oh, seven's actually not a bad number. I just start dropping them, and then I token fate, you know, seven times, and just do that many attacks, and then for all those attacks, those end up hitting. I almost feel like it should be a deck save versus an attack at that point, but I guess there's precedence for using attacks. Like it's a crossbow that shoots you. You can usually use an attack versus a dexterity. Alright, so I like that. Only other thing here is G8, the Queen's Bedchamber. Crossmaiden lurks here. Well, that's not going to be the case. So it's just a destroyed bedchamber. There's nothing else in here. Okay, no need for worldly possessions. Yep. I feel like I should add some... I'm going to have to add some environmental story stuff in here, though. Maybe they get some context about... Maybe some teases about who Aurel really is. Maybe she's kept some kind of keepsakes in here. Um, or just have this be... You know, the other thing I can do is put Frost Druids in here and, and really play up the fact that this is a temple... Uh, being run by the Frost Druids. And I'm not sure if they would actually be immediately hostile or not. Control. Right, so then if they go all the way... It's just sad that there's not, like, treasure in here. Like, nothing... Alright, nine is the... Okay, there's some treasure. So the rock I'm going to replace with the giant ice owl. But I may keep the rock stat block. I love that I can just pick people up and drop them. If the rock grapples about heads toward open water, drops the grapple creature into the water from a height of at least 200 feet. In addition to taking 20d6 bludgeoning damage from the fall, the victim must also contend with the frigid water. Holy crap, talk about a fuck you on that. What a way to go. Like, keep in mind, this was for level 7 players, too. Like, that rock is just going to pick somebody up and fucking murder them. Now, my players almost all have ways of not... Falling, as we discovered in the Crash Nautiloid. I have no idea what excuse I'll have to get them up here, other than maybe they just want to explore up here. Um, and it, it, it does have treasure. I will definitely include some treasures up here. Don't know why the ice thing would have a nest, but it's a nice frozen nest that Oral made it. Oh, it actually has a silver dragon egg that will hatch into a silver dragon wormling. That's pretty fucking crazy. Wow. 3d10 days. Huh. 
Alright, so that's if they go upstairs. Possible mini-boss fight here, but it's purely optional, I think. They go downstairs. It's the ice rink where there's a giant fucking ice skating walrus. Which I will be eliminating. Sorry, walrus. Because I think I will be putting... This is a great location to put Nass and Gaunt for our first meeting with them, I believe. So they come down the stairs, I can just have them right here in the middle of the ice skating rink. They've made it as far as here to where they would have to start the trials, but they'd rather make the players do the trials and not them. Little to the north. Tomb of the Frost Giant Queen, which is up here. The vaults. And then I have, I, the villains can explain to the players trials and things. Alright, so the person describes the north, their skeletal guards. Cross giants, and it just says for their anchors, it just deals bludgeoning instead of slashing damage. Seems like a missed opportunity to me. Also, a really, how do you even fight creatures in this room? Like, it's so tiny. Tombed in a block of ice. Character can reach the corpse by chipping away the ice that encases here. And it does damage if they do that. Is there any point to doing that? It's the room beyond has an axe, a berserker axe. One cool magic item they can get. Well, if Freddy didn't already have an awesome axe, it'd probably be great. Also, most second damage with a weapon. In addition, you are tuned to them in your max two point increase by one for each level you've attained. Wow. But it's cursed. Whenever you're attacked, you have to make a wisdom saver go berserk. <laughs> And use your action each round to attack the creature nearest to you with the axe. Yikes. I'll need to replace that just because my barbarian's already got a signature weapon. But basically there definitely should be a reward for looting the Frost Giants. So this will be just a total optional thing they can do. If they want to go after the Frost Giant Queen, they can. They'll be having to deal with Frost Giant Skeleton Guards. Move them around. I haven't actually tied their stat block yet. Okay, so I'll be more art assets in there, but that's totally optional. Then we go to the tests. Which is each of these four spokes of the snowflake. I assume the codicil itself is down here. Weapon of Dancing. There actually is those, right? That you can, like, basically summon a weapon. I think they all have signature weapons. They generally... I mean, it, it's tough, right? Like, level 11, everybody's got, you know, full attunement. They've got armor. They've got cloaks. They've got weapons. But I should come up with something. Like every, every What I've tried to do is every area has had at least one good attuned item. And so far, they really haven't looted much of anything in this in the in the island part of it I believe they got some potions and treasure from that ship they did there should definitely be some loot here in Grimscala they can take advantage of and if ever there was going to be some frost themed loot it would be here alright so the tests are cruelty endurance isolation and innervation I think 
broken off. Preservation. Each test begins by opening a door marked with a symbol of oral. When that happens, all the participants in the test are teleported to the location where the test takes place. There's a scorecard. That's cute. And kind of stupid. <laughs> scorecard will be determined whether the vault door in Area G20 can be opened or not. Not to be shared with players. It can be taken. That's can be taken in any order. Each party member can take a particular test only once. If party member tries to take it a second time, it's not teleported. All right. So as written, test of cruelty, and I think they all involve like going out, like getting teleported to the rigged tribe area, right? It's been a while since I read all these. I will admit that. Test of cruelty. At the edge of a camp, it's tense, holding fast against a raging blizzard. For them from Grimskull to this camp, each party is a tiny glowing snowflake, looking into the symbol of Frost Maiden. Camp is run out of food, and the tribe's hunters have failed to return because of the unyielding blizzard. Nomads have already eaten their sled dogs. Oof. Plans to kill four of the tribe's eldest members and cook them to feed the rest of the camp. Well, that's how you end up with Frey to go. You want Wendigos? Because that's how you get Wendigos. Characters' presence becomes known. They are brought before King Gr This is a test of cruelty? Hmm, I could tie this into Frey's thing. For a cruel act, such as slaying the defenseless elders as King Grunvald commands. Gerd's also passed test by walking away from the camp, leaving the starving nomads to the mercy of the Mad Kings. <laughs> Just don't do the thing. Characters defy him, he kills defenseless elders himself. Not engaging in acts of cruelty. Okay. I mean, that's interesting. The people-eating thing is definitely a theme I've been exploring through Prey. Oh, did you? How did you see that? Did I... I don't remember showing that. <laughs> but yes, it is awesome. Um... I, I was waiting to show... Oh, that, that's a special thing. We've been, um... We commissioned, uh, after I did the Thrykreen for Thimbleweed, I commissioned uh, original art for Frey's Wendigo transformation. I was waiting to unveil that the next time she transforms, which unfortunately may not. Oh, he put it on his Instagram. Okay. Yeah, he does have, uh, he did ask me if he could do this. That's funny. We love it, though. It looks great. So, yeah, if you, if you want to be teased on that, go to check out his Instagram. Um, also, hire him to make original character art because it's really good shit. He's working on uh, some of the patron players' uh, headshots right now for our patron campaign. All right, test of endurance. So that that's not, that one's not bad. The cruelty one, I may keep that. Keep that one in there. Test of endurance. Again, raging snowstorm. Not lie down for your pleasure. I'm a series of oral begone vultures. Camp is home to the king of the elk tribe. Characters are not dreaming. The frost mage of magic has teleported them from Grimskull to this camp. Each member is a tiny glowing snowflake floating a few inches from above. Oh, yeah, there I do this. Um, parents order the camp to torn out. No one can close the reindeer. This is 
Kind of the similar thing, though. Help or leave doesn't provoke Arl's wrath. So the whole thing is just what is this endurance? Just helping to shut the camp down. Anyone else coming on their journey? And oh, and you're, okay, you're accompanying them on the journey. The trip is a grueling march across the tundra with the wind against them the whole time. No transporting, we're going to lost in this pleasure as usual. Magic does not function with it. March lasts. That's probably. Oh, fucking hell. That must be why it gets through the goddamn. Uh, filters. No links, there's no. Yeah, I don't understand. I don't understand. And if you look at my block list, it's. it's Fucking just nothing but those. March lasts 14 hours. Where are the first, whether the first eight hours, the end of every hour after that. End of each hour after that. Wow, each character must make a con saving throw. DC is 10 plus one for each initial hour that passes and a failed. Saving throw character gains one level of exhaustion. Okay, that should be that should be endurance for sure. Remember, completes the journey with few four or fewer levels of exhaustion, passes the test of endurance. Well, yeah. I mean, you have much more endurance than that, or exhaustion than that, you're just going to die. Why do we keep having to use the rigged tribe camp people, though? Why can't we just teleport the players in this thing and tell them to go? They have to meet point B, I guess. I don't know. Isolation. North, blah blah. It's just copy and paste a lot of the same shit, isn't it? So it's a different. It's just a different regged camp with each of these. Characters in the tribe. Tiger tribe warriors escort them to Queen Bjornhild. Mission of the characters ask Bjornhild to elaborate. Tells them she's planning to attack a nearby elk tribe and steal their food. Now that should be the act of cruelty. Every member of her camp, where they're hoping that the overlander was make the somebody else. Right, she has to care to stay behind and watch over camp until she returns. Huh. Wait until Bjorn returns from a raid. As it turns out, the raid is more successful. Just wait after rolling around the enemies. I take over their camp, wait for Elk anymore to return so you can slaughter them and take their food as well. Six days and six nights. I thought the players describe what their characters do during this period of time. To make wisdom survival checks. The party member who rolled the lowest goes missing. Ow, they're just hanging out at a camp. The fuck do they go missing? There was a character that have been transported elsewhere has no awareness of their surroundings. Last 24 hours are cloudy at best. Party members take precautions on last days when being separated. Absent. The screens can see the tiger come back and tell them. Okay, there's nothing they can do though? Return the camera form of definite, definite madness. Doesn't okay. This is a weird one. Doesn't seem like the players have much choice in doing anything here. They're making survival checks, and it's just like I get a sneeze. Wisdom survival group check. 
Oh, okay. It's so it's a group check, and if they fail, then a party member who rolled the lowest goes missing. Okay. That could be interesting. And each one who went missing has to make a wisdom save or return with an indefinite madness is no fucking joke, though. Isn't that the permanent one? Those are the ones that, like, irrevocably change your character's personality. Last until cured. Become an alcoholic. Become a pathological liar. Become paranoid. Become a narcissist. These are all, like, horrible player character traits to have from a role-playing standpoint. You become a murderer. Okay, it can be cured with lesser restoration. Oh, that's short-term and long-term. Uh, greater restoration or more powerful magic is required to rid a character of indefinite madness. Wow, that is a hell of a thing. But it's also just an RP thing, and you could honestly also forget about those. It's just having the tadpole burst. Okay, um, the people going missing one is not bad. I don't like the context of you being told to wait at somebody's camp while they have the more exciting adventure. That's really fucking stupid. Um, I mean, if anything, I should use, like, the black cabin, honestly. Like, they're just, like, at a cabin, and they're isolated, and spooky shit keeps happening, and they have to keep wandering around the cabin and disappearing one by one or something. I think Celeste is. Well, Robin's, like, a... Functioning one. I, I guess they're both functioning. All right, and then to, yeah, everybody said they already have all the That is fair. That's fair. Putting the door to this room. Vanish. There's corpses. Test of preservation. I've been killed. Six giant vultures feasting the corpses of his mother. That's lovely. Dealing with the vultures. Characters here sobs. Now the monsters to kill the camp. She can fail to kill her son as well. Starts to slay the child himself. His arsenal goes can't let a terrible howler in or two. Hide from the wolf king lest he flay them to pieces. The problem also is my characters being level 11. Like none of these chieftains or anything. Like they're just going to push everybody around. Like this just... None of these are going to scale very well. CR8. Without anybody with him. Well, there's a whole event here, though. The camp's out of circle of tents. Huh, the giant vultures join him. Randomly. Partymer must keep Eric's alive, so his family's bloodlands preserved. Killing SR before he kills Eric is the only way to accomplish this goal. Alright, so this is the combat one. Where you just fight this. Beefy uh, gladiator-type stat block? Oh, he's got, like, legendary resistance. Kind of. Indomitable. And reroll a saving throw if he fails, but he must use the new roll. So actually, it's not as good as legendary resistance, but it does give him a reroll. 
And it literally doesn't matter whether you get him killed or not. Huh. Hmm. <laughs> I feel like at least one of these should just be a straight up like arena combat encounter with cross main forces. Like I feel like that should be endurance. Like endurance should be you're teleported to this a uh, this very obvious frost are arena with maybe some like traps and shit around it, and it's just like waves of enemies coming at you, and that's just the whole test. This thing's open on its own. If each of the four tests were passed by at least one individual in the room. I do like that. So not one character has to do all of them, but between the entire party, everybody has had to pass one test. That means also you need to have each test somehow be individually winnable. Which the combat one wouldn't be. It would just be um, all or nothing. Have fate smile upon the arrival of three frost druids. White, draw inspiration from an orange character of those. One on its own. Oh, wow. So just if they're totally shit the bed, you can just have these druids show up and they'll open the door. Ah. Son of a polar bear. I mean, it would kind of be a little bit of a rehash of the druid fight, but I would use snow golems probably instead of the awakened animals. And the party's a lot more weaker than they were. Yeah, that's true. Like a player character type thing. Stat block. Oh, I see. That's true, Jason. Not everyone has to take the test. One player can do it all on their own. You know, I feel like they did a similar thing in the end of Tomb of Annihilation where uh, they had to split up and each handle a different... It was like one of the last things they had to do like where the I think it was where the Sewn sisters were and they had to split up and do these little bitty room puzzle things and they did just that they all split up and did a different one um these I don't think are necessarily designed for that though these are like not single rooms they're like events that take place over time they're kind of designed so I don't I don't know how I'd feel about each each person trying to go do a different one especially if one of them is I try to make it a combat arena that would uh, very much not be balanced. Maybe one character has to be like a round of combat and then I go back to everybody else doing their thing and then somehow maybe they can get into the combat room. But that would be it. That, that's an interesting thing to think about that the players may actually want to split up and, and do these separately. So maybe I need to be uh, prepared to scale them appropriately, which the only one that would cause me concern would be one that was purely combat based. Endurance is exist as long as you can by whatever means you can. Are you getting rain over there? <laughs> I don't think it's part of my same cell. There's an invisible stalker randomly? Descriptions on the tablets. Oh, shattering a tablet releases a hostile spirit of elemental air. Okay. Random. All of the four winds. Then, chamber of the codicil. Second form. Book of the lantern is the codicil of white. 
We also need to rest as to grasp the book. Changing that. Go the fuck away. Fucking times do I have to do this? Shit together, YouTube, please. Oh, there's one more room. Arl's blessing. And the frostbite here. His eyes become as cold as ice. Can immunity to cold damage. You can cast the cone of cold spell once per long rest. Wow. You court death to receive my blessing. The character once only. You see 21 con save. On a failed save, the character is petrified, becoming an ice statue. Wow. Uh, is there a way to cure that? That would be crazy. You're an ice statue now. I mean, that's a huge, that's a great ability though. Immunity to cold damage and a once per day cone of cold is nuts. But otherwise you're an ice statue. That would be a cool thing to introduce, but holy shit, players would not be prepared for that. <laughs> I would be not prepared for that. The 21 con save. A lot of them can easily make that roll. Not easily, but wow. Fascinating. Well, I've done a once over on Grim Scala. I like a lot of the things. Um, Maybe it actually won't be as combat heavy as I'm thinking originally versus just a lot of hazards. Uh, what we'll probably be doing for combat is stuff I'll prep for that we may not actually get to fighting, which is going to be the villains in this spot, uh, the rock on the roof, and then maybe an oral fight. Like, There's going to be some... I, Frost Giant Skeleton is probably the best thing that we can use for a fight here. But I think I need to play up the exploration stuff, have more things the players can learn, um, and really be careful about setting up the meeting with the villains here. Because it could be a fight, but I think it would be better for everybody if they actually talked to them and then did the trials, and then we really need to rework some of these trials. Uh, some of the ideas are fine, but... They could be using some adjustments and obviously trying to make everything a little better scaled for the higher level that the players are at. All right, I think that is going to do it for uh, this Monday edition of Crafting Icewind Dale. If you enjoy the, if you enjoy the content, please check out patreon.com slash roguewatson. Shoutouts to Platinum Patrons, Joe, Will, Thomas, Stan, William, I'm Loud, Brandon, Genocider, David, Eclectic, Roleplay, Roll, Christopher, Brian, William, David, Jam, and Clams, Koa, Aura, Koa, 1337, Jacob, Eric, and Kyle. And gold patrons, RPG Papercraft, Pretty Boy, and Yuma, Marcus, Deadlands, Lounge, Sam, Lumpy, Spuds, Jerome, Nathan, Fast, I Got Tortoise, Scott, Humanoid, Size, Sphincter, Stephanie, Refus, and Carolyn. Thank you all very much for your support. I will see you for uh, more crafting on Thursday.